How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode 183 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode, uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the episode where I was talking about kind of, you know, sustainability and how an episode upcoming would link to this. And this is the episode I'm talking about. And I'm joined today by Harry from Kilkenny Architectural Salvage. So you can see where, where the link is there. But Kilkenny Architectural Salvage, we're going to hear a little bit more about it, but they're a treasure trove for gardeners. Um, looking on their website and on their Instagram pages, they have uh, lots of stuff that you'd be eyeing up and uh, in your head, placing them in your gardens. So as I say, a treasure trove for gardeners. And uh, it's run by Harry and his brothers and his dad. So it's a, it's a real family business. So Harry, you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden Podcast. Thanks for having me on, John. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, you can tell us a bit about it, but it's a real treasure trove for gardeners anyway, for sure. Looking on, as I say, on your on your social channels and on your website, it's uh, I, I always look at it and I go, right, I like the look of that. I could use it here. And I know it would be the same for, for loads of gardeners. But tell us a little bit about the business as a whole first, and then we'll get into the, the specific gardening treats that you have. Yeah, so we're, so Kilkenny Architectural Salvage, as you mentioned, is the name of the company. We are actually in business 25 years now. Um, so we just celebrated that uh, that milestone a couple of weeks ago. But um, as you mentioned, it's myself, my two brothers, Paul and Connor, and uh, my parents, uh, Mairead and Robin, that are running the business. But obviously, uh, mom and dad have been running the business now for that since since 1998, basically. And um, they had always had kind of a, a bit of a passion for all things salvage and recycling and you know sustainability and that that kind of came from them when they they were working on a project in the UK when they lived there and it was our own family home basically and uh, during kind of the the 80s in London there was a bit of a a resurgence of properties being renovated and there was so much out there that you could kind of go nearly walk in the streets and find you know a door that was coming off of one building and you could kind of use that on your own and that, that that's kind of where dad got that that bug but he was working in financial services but so it was just kind of that little bit of an itch there and yeah. uh, he enjoyed doing up you know the house and doing up the gardens at the property that we had there and um when he moved back home in uh kind of the the late 90s he was kind of looking at different things and um we're very lucky that we have within the family my granddad had bought a very big site back in the 60s it's the old woollen mills in Kilkenny you know oh, it's a 12 acre site um you know absolutely huge place and um, with big warehouses on it and he was looking at different opportunities and then kind of you know the world of salvage kind of just was was still there with him you know and it was kind of niggling at him always and he said okay well i'm going to have a go with this we're very lucky we have the space i don't have to worry about going getting a big warehouse and thinking about you know and, and and the, the outdoor aspect was always going to be huge for him as well because, you know, there's not a huge amount of people and there definitely wasn't at that point in time, you know, doing a lot of kind of the the secondhand garden items, a lot of kind of the the different types of paving and all of that type of um, aspect of the business. So, yeah, he set up the business in 1998 and, you know, we, we buy and sell absolutely everything and anything you can think of, obviously from an indoor perspective, you know, things like furniture and timber beams and all of that are just, you know, standard that you'd expect with a salvage yard but because we have a big outdoor area the outdoors is huge for us um it's a very big part of our business and if anything it's probably one of the biggest parts of our business and um yeah so we're very lucky and that could be anything from garden furniture paving building materials avenue lights you know you, you name it and then just 
random items coming in, you know. So um, and that's what keeps it so interesting for, you know, people like yourselves and just normal people as well doing up their houses and looking for something yeah. different for internal or external use. Yeah, there's a few things, few things springing to mind. And I was jotting down a list of the, the gardening items that you have on your website. And I kind of would flick over those in a minute. Um, but they, I, I referenced in the intro that I was linking this episode to another one a few weeks ago. Um, and just for your reference, because I'm sure you mightn't have heard that one, it's it, it was basically what I was talking about was um, sustainability and gardening. And particularly when it comes to, I suppose, getting longevity out of something, you know, be that a tool, particularly particularly what I was talking about was tools, you know, buy something good in quality and last that, that lasts a long, long, long time that you could yeah. possibly hand down in years to come. And that how that is way more environmentally friendly than buying something that's cheap and cheerful and throwing it out after years use that kind of thing and this is where i suppose the type of products that you sell uh, architectural salvage reusing and keeping it in the system is a, is a great way of doing it and when you were talking about your dad having the itch in the was it the 80s you said in yeah. london um i lived in germany for, for a very short time um back in the 90s and they had this thing over there and i've never seen it anywhere since i don't know if it's still a, if it's still done but basically if you lived on a particular street in a city on a given on a given day per month you got an opportunity to put out items that you didn't want onto the side of the street and there was yeah. a window a window of, i think it was like 48 hours where people could actually go and take these and you know, find another home for them or, or, or reuse them or upcycle them or whatever. Now, I don't know if it's still a thing, but it was really interesting. I wasn't, I was only living in rented accommodation, so none of it was, yeah. very, was very useful to me, but it was all very interesting to me where this kind of good furniture particularly was put on the side of the street, obviously didn't suit the, the new style that they were going for or whatever. And it could be just taken away and as, as I say, upcycled or, or reused. And I always thought that was a great it was a great uh, initiative. I don't know if that still happens, but it was yeah, interesting. Very much ahead of its time as well, you know, because it's really only in the last, you know, obviously the things like the terms like circular economy and things like that have become yeah. more in vogue in the last, call it, 10 years or so. Um, but, you know, if you're going back 30, 40 years, people weren't really thinking like that. And yeah. and, and there's and there's so much out there um, that, and you know, we're doing our parts. Obviously, we're running a business and you have to turn a profit and that's part yeah, of it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the amount of items, we we're only talking about this, given that we were 25 years in business. Dad was just saying, you know, the amount of items that have come through his hands that potentially could have ended up being busted up, burnt, thrown in the fire, ended yeah. up in a landfill. Um, God knows what happened with them, you know, and, and those items have been saved. And as, as you said, John, like a lot of these items, the quality that you have of the old you know, it, it it's very hard for the new to match that. You know, those items can have another 30, 40, 50, 100 yeah. years in them, yeah. you know, and and just because somebody has decided it's not for them anymore doesn't mean there's not a use for it anymore. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. And, and, and I hadn't thought about it uh, from your dad's perspective, the amount of, you know, product and items that have passed through his hands, yeah, that would have ended up dumped, skipped, yeah. landfill in a ditch somewhere um, without the option to to do something like this yeah so it's a, yeah from that perspective it's 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 a great uh, idea and we should we should be trying to do that sort of thing and definitely try and buy quality if you can and and get longevity out of it yeah and the other side as well is, is the person who's has that item you know it's going to cost them money to dump it or get rid of it or put it in a skip yeah whereas 
people are like, we're buying, you know, there's an opportunity for them to actually get a few <laughs> euro in the pocket for it. So, it's, you know, there's, there is a double benefit for them as well. And, and that, that's why lots of people have, you know, we're very fortunate that we have quite a, a good name out there. We're a big business and people trust the name and the brand and what we've been doing. You know, th- obviously there's things like done deal out there that people do put stuff up on, but you know, people are a little bit more skeptical of that these days. You know, they don't know who's kind of turning up at their door and maybe getting hassled with a hundred phone calls that they don't want to. So that's where we kind of, stand out a little bit that someone can call us they know who's coming and they know that we're dead straight in how we deal and also if someone has a lot of items we can kind of go in and and buy a whole job you know it's not a case of oh i have to sell every piece off bit by bit and it's going to take i put 100 ads up online to try and sell all these (laughs) things and be be hassled all day long with uh you know facebook messenger popping up and whatever else continuously so um, that that's an advantage that we bring to people when they're doing it but it's we're just trying to get that message out there um you know these items do not need to be dumped you know they can be used look there are some items that just they're done. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody can. Nobody can save them. Unfortunately, time is. They've run their life. Um, but more often than not, there is somebody there. And you know, sometimes we take in stuff that you know we really don't particularly want it, but we know we can move it on. Nearly, yes. you know, not necessarily free, but essentially free for the next person who's buying it. You know, they can pick up a nice little chair or something for 10 15 20 euros you know yes. a fraction of what it's actually worth but we're just you know we are a volume business architectural salvage yards are set up to be volume businesses they're not antique shops that will you know sit on single Something pieces for, and let it go for, for a long long time yeah. yeah and do it you know we are in the business of moving stuff on and that's because you only have so much space and yes. so many opportunities out there and um, you know every day we're getting 40 50 WhatsApp messages with people trying to sell us stuff every day, seven days a week. It's, wow. it's just nonstop. And it's it's amazing, you know. And it's great that people are, you know, we we're humbled by it as well that they come to us, you know, as their first port port of call. But um there is so much stuff out there. So it's uh yeah, it's exciting that people are are understanding that and and you know, doing the right thing as well with it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um that, I, I didn't think we'd, I, I was wondering, you know, kind of the lines that the, the conversation would go on. I didn't think it would go down this route, but the sourcing of the product you're after, after kind of, how do you, how do you go about sourcing this? So architectural salvage, um, I guess comes from many sources, but typically is it, is it just somebody at home has an item that they want to get rid of, or is it a house is being knocked and there's a lot of stuff in it needs to be taken away or what's the, the typical yeah, it's 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 a complete mix, John. Like it, it could be one day, it could be just someone sending this message who has a couple of pieces. They're just looking to move on. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they're just trying to get a little bit of cash for themselves or whatever it is, and they're or they just don't have a need for them. Or as you said earlier, you know, there's just the the design of the house has changed or needs have changed. Um, next day it could be a big clearance. It could be you know perhaps somebody has passed away in a family and the kids have inherited a property and there's a lot of furniture in there but they all mm-hmm. have their own homes already and they don't they've taken kind of what they need or things that maybe mean anything to them but then they just have to find a home for all this right. other furniture um the next day it could be a five star hotel um that are renovating and they could be redoing the gardens they could be redoing a bar or reception and they have stuff coming out um that happens a lot in particular when hotels change hands uh, with okay. new ownership because you'll have a new vision um, and a new designer will come in with great plans and the whole place could be changed. And the items that can come out of that could be, you know, you could have a couch come out of that, that new could be five, six, seven grand. We'll be buying it and we could be selling that for an absolute fraction of that price. Because often what happens is, you know, when the mind has been made up, 
those items just need to be gone now. They're they're in the way. They're going to cost in storage, um, and projects move on. And then it could be a pub, it could be a restaurant. So it's you know that's what we really try to keep that mix in terms of the jobs we're doing as well. That it's all the way from just you know dealing with the individual person all the way up to that five star hotel because that that's what gives us that eclectic mix of items, um, and that's what people want when they walk into a salvage yard, you know, yeah. like I, I think the perceptions like there's lots of people who don't know what an architectural salvage yard is. And they, they think it's going to be uh, one of two ways. It's either a group of old lads walking around kind of kicking, <laughs> a, kicking a bit, kicking a bit of scrap metal around the place, or it's this high end antique business that they feel, Oh, I'm that's, that's not the world I'm in. I'm out of my depth or I don't have the budget to be, you know, everything's going to be thousands and thousands of euros and all the way up. And, you know, that's not what I'm doing. Whereas we're, the complete opposite of that we're the business with everything from you know a couple of euros up to the thousands of euros we do have high-end items because architectural salvage is really good architectural salvage is hard to get and when you get it there is a price for it but we have everything and anything in between for for budgets like you know we have kids coming in who are picking up presents for their parents you know it's like a little christmas or for a christmas present or like a little garden ornament you know yeah. maybe just a little stone you know it's a new item it's concrete and um, you know it's just precast it's done but it's something nice and easy for them to pick up for 15, yeah. 20 euros. And, you know, it's a little bit different than what you might just find on the high street. Um, so, you yeah, know, we sure. are kind of for the masses, as they say. Yeah, it, it actually sounds like, actually, you mentioned about the, the old guys going around kicking stuff in the yard. Uh, you're a young and vibrant team. Um, you're pretty much, you're, you're, you're uh, I know you do competitions for, is it yourself that goes missing and you have to be found? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We do the, uh, it's called searching for salvage where basically like we kind of the bit of background on that is basically myself, my two brothers, Paul and Connor, um, we were all off doing different things for the last 10 years, basically. And then um, literally in the last kind of four years, without actually having the conversation together, we all ended up kind of making the move back home to Kilkenny to join the business. Right. Um, and it wasn't a case of, you know, I mentioned before that we didn't sit down and have a pint together and say, right, let's go home and stir up the business of mom and dad and <laughs> cause havoc. It was literally, we were just, look, you, when you grow up as kids with parents who have a family business, it's kind of ingrained in you. It's part of, you know, it's what you talked about at the dinner table, all of those things when they came home from work, it's like, what did we sell? What did we buy? Did we make any money today? You know, that's yeah, just yeah. part of any, any kid can relate to that whose parents are entrepreneurs, but you know, we went and did our own things. I worked in finance for 10 years as a, as a stockbroker. Paul was in the travel industry. Connor was in insurance. So we were all doing different things, but that draw was there. And we've come back in the last four years. And, and a big part of what we've tried to do is get the business online. Um, and obviously, we were very fortunate that we had kind of had a year or two ahead of COVID to have started that process and have kind of a social media presence. You know, we've over 50,000 followers across social media now, which is, which is huge for a small little family business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, that's the way we've done it. But we, yeah, we're trying to have a bit of fun with it. The, as you mentioned, the searching for salvage is where we kind of, I go on a Instagram and TikTok live. I'll say that I'm going to be in for argument's sake. We just did one in, we did one in Dublin, say that was our first one. And I said, I'm going to be in Dublin and I'll reveal a secret location live on TikTok and Instagram at two o'clock 
Um, so I'll go on live and basically the first person to come and find me um, and shout out Searching for Salvage wins a 100 euro voucher. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun. That, to be honest, the first one we did, now I, I wish I'd come up with the idea myself. I didn't. I saw a guy in the UK doing it with his own watch business and I just thought it was a lot of fun. And I said, look, let, I said it to the lads, let's try this. And they kind of looked at me and going, oh God, what, what idea have you got now to try this? You're going to be standing on your own for an hour talking into your phone on a live. And, and, and it's hard to talk for an hour on your own when there's nobody else asking you questions or replying but we were found in seven minutes um, right so you have to stay live until someone shouts at I, you. I stay live until someone comes and find me now there, yes. there is a deadline on it but um yeah i now to be honest i, I plunked myself in an easy spot i was in stephen's green right in the middle of yeah, it so yeah, yeah. i was giving my i was playing the odds you know but at the end yeah. of the day you don't know if anyone's going to be on and come and find you yeah. and we did we did a galway one and that took 57 minutes so wow. it was on a long time but and i was going to call it quits at about an hour and we ended up getting found and then we actually did a kilkenny one last two weeks ago as part of our 25 year celebrations and again i was found in seven minutes um but ironically it was a man from west cork who found me <laughs> you know so it was it, but that's the beauty of social media we're trying to have a bit of fun with it as well you know and look at the end of the day the more eyeballs looking at our business the better but we're able to kind of have a bit of fun give away something and um yeah just be a little bit different because a lot yeah. of businesses again in the salvage world will be run by very kind of traditional people maybe who wouldn't necessarily be you know social media savvy and whatever yeah else. exactly on top of that and going with it we've been very lucky and that's that's why in particular on say a saturday in our yard it's just full of new customers people who've never been down and they are traveling the country to come down to us you know a typical saturday we'll literally have all four corners of the country covered with people coming down and people getting in their car and driving down from galway for two three hours to get down to us and you know it's as I mentioned earlier, it is quite humbling when you realise people are giving up four hours of their day sitting in a car to come down and see us or they're coming down and spending a night in a hotel and they're saying to us, look, you're the primary reason we came down. We're lucky. You, you, look, you know, you're a Kilkenny man. You know, Kilkenny is a nice place. So it it helps that there's good restaurants and a good nightlife and yeah, yeah. hotels and all of that as well. But for people to say that, it's 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 lovely to hear. I'm actually a leash man. I'm just, oh, you're a leash man. I, okay, yeah, but, yeah. But it's a bit of a mad situation where I am. I'm in leash. I, I don't have a landline, but if I did, it would be a Kilkenny phone number prefix. Okay, okay. And I'm, I have a Carlo postal address, but I'm actually County Leash. So <laughs> and okay. right in the corner. Keep um, it interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's sort of the background of the business. I, I, I think it's very interesting that you all gravitated back towards the business and without having uh, a conversation about it, um, coming back from the world of finance, travel and insurance, I think you said. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible that you came back, but there wasn't a, a, a previous conversation talking about coming back that you all just got, sort of drifted back. It's uh, That's that's mad, really, that three people will come back into a business like that without yeah. actually talking about it. Brilliant. Um, the products and, I suppose, the ones that would be re related to gardening, I suppose, when it comes to, to gardening and if somebody's working on a garden project of some sort, Almost everything that you sell potentially can be used in the garden anyway, with the exception, obviously, of sofas and things like that. But um, the list is endless, like looking through it, you have whiskey barrels, arches, gazebos, uh, granite troughs, cast iron pumps, uh, so much stuff, so much stuff. Uh, how how does those type of products, I know some of them are new, as you mentioned, the, yeah. the, you know, the, the concrete um, gift that a child might buy um is you know created new but how does the rest of that stuff is that that's is that all salvaged product or is some of it purchased as well 
Yeah, it, it's a mix. Um, and there'd be a mix of um, original salvage pieces and then reproduction items. Um, you know, so using something as simple as the a cast iron garden bench, um, you know, what essentially we would do at times is we might get our hands on an old original bench, um, which is very difficult to get of a certain quality, of a certain style. Um, and they you can be quite expensive to buy them as well. So what we would do or we'd have people who would be working with is you'd get you know, those type of benches and you'd go and get them recast as reproductions. Um, and the, and the, the main primary reason around that is, is to get the price point down, you know, because yeah. if you're buying an old original cast iron bench, you know, you're in the thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. euros and, and that's, that's not achievable for everybody. Um, but the key is if you're doing reproduction is that the quality is right because there are reproductions that are out there that the casting is just not of the level of material that it should be um, and you're not going to get the lifespan out of it whereas we've you know we work with foundries that you know you know the quality is there and this item if the two items were beside each other it'd be very hard to tell the difference you know if they were both just freshly painted sitting there you would be very hard done to tell the difference between them but the point is that the price point comes down and it makes it achievable for everybody um or nearly everybody yeah. to be able to buy a cast iron bench and put it in their garden and make a feature out of it and it maybe become a focal point in their garden and um and then obviously with everything that's happened with through covid and everything obviously you've seen it hugely as well the garden has become the new home you know it's 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 so important for people but so we we have the mix of the salvaged and the reproduction items um and and that's just to kind of at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of it's down to volume as well. So that you know, if we get one original cast iron pump in stock, that's that's great. You know, it, you know, it'll be a higher price point. But there's one to sell. Um, whereas when we can get that reproduced and you know and available for kind of the masses to be able to buy, um, it gives us an opportunity. It gives more people an opportunity as well. So, um, but it's keeping that mix of reproduction and and salvage is what we're always aiming to do. Um, and the salvage side, it is. That's the fascinating part about our business. It's just pure luck. We have no idea what's coming in on any given day. Um, It's down to somebody giving us a call, pops in an email or a WhatsApp saying, I have a few items. I'm based wherever. Can you come and have a look at them? And, you know, we're pretty quick to make decisions as well. You know, we're, we're out on the road all the time. There's one or two of us basically on the road nearly all the time out buying. And then the rest of us are kind of in the yard managing that and running the day to day. So there's van loads of stuff coming back every day. Um, and you kind of, when you're in the yard and you open up the van, you never know what's going to be in there. Because more often than not, when you go and do a job with someone, it's like, yeah, I have these two or three items I'm going to sell, you know, out in the garden. We're just clearing it or we've sold the house and we've had these pieces 50 or 100 years or depending with they've been in the family or whatever it is but yeah. you start walking around the next minute oh yeah actually I'll, I'll sell that as well or i'll sell that oh i didn't think you'd look at that and you know you're, you're kind of gathering more items as you're going um but yeah as you mentioned you know using something as simple as the whiskey barrels they've just been one of the most popular items of the last four or five years and um, they come direct into us from the distilleries and there's just so many uses for them. You know, people are just obviously the, the home bar and the man cave has been a big thing for the last few years <laughs> through COVID. Um, and so a lot of them have sold for that for just to sit a pint on top of out in the garden or in the in the man cave inside or whatever way they've done it. But also like we, we're cutting them in half. People are using them as planters. It's probably, if anything, we sell more of them as as half planters than we do as the actual full barrels. Um, people use them as water butts in the garden, like everything yeah, and anything. Multiple you uses. And... You know, the quality looks looks really good on them because they, they got a little bit scarce 
I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, they were a little bit scarce, but they seem to be you know, quite plentiful again. Are you sourcing, say, in Scotland, or is it Irish? Uh, we, we, we actually we have a mix of do- number of different distilleries that we bring them in from Irish, Scottish um, as well. But it's, it's, it's funny, they were, you know, if you go back five years ago, there was, there was plenty of them around, but they actually got quite difficult at the back end of COVID because the distilleries curtailed all their production. Right. You know, yeah. Every every pub was closed worldwide. Yeah. You know, so they they kind of started taking a view on where things were. So obviously they'd have had a stock that was sitting and ready to go, but newer production definitely slowed. So it's got a little bit harder on getting them, but we, we always keep a big stock. And again, back to the point that we have, you know, a, a big yard, our typical stock of barrels, which nobody else really in the country would do we'd have anywhere between probably 700 and 1500 whiskey barrels sitting in our front yard you know oh, it's, wow. it's that alone is kind of an impressive sight when you see yeah. them stacked nearly six high and you know it's a, it's a lot of barrels but we sell a lot of them and we're shipping them all over the country all the time as well and um like like they're 55 euros as well for a barrel you know you really can't go wrong with buying a piece of salt like if you're to the actual cost of making these barrels is absolutely through the roof when you go and when you go and look at them like you're in the hundreds and hundreds of euros is what the distilleries pay to get them made originally now they get the life out of them obviously yeah, yeah. it's a fraction okay. of the cost of what they're selling yeah, um, they're selling, but, yeah. And, yeah and it's all yeah yeah it's all oak as well yeah wow. so um no they're they're really really popular and yeah people are just finding huge amount of uses for them which is which is great yeah, for sure. And who gets the job of cutting the barrel? Because that's that's a nice uh, smelling job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's a there is a fresh smell across the yard when you go and cut thirty or forty of them in a row. Even when they come in, it's amazing. You load them out of the Arctic, and you're kind of because you're obviously stacking them up and doing it, and literally the side of the Arctic opens, and you can still smell it out of it. It's it's Brilliant. you know there'll be about there'll be about a week after we get a fresh load in that if you walk out the front yard, people kind of come out and if maybe if they've looked <laughs> right instead of left where the barrels are, they're kind of nearly you see that kind of sniffing happening and they're kind of like what's what's what am i getting there but yeah no it's but they're 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 a great feature and at a good price and um something that are very uh they're durable as well that's the beauty of it you stick it in the garden it's there you're not having to worry about it but all of the other items john it's just it's a complete mix of everything and anything all the way up to your high-end gazebo um that you know is going to be kind of going into a hotel or a restaurant or you know someone who has a big project that they're working on in private residence maybe um but all the way down to someone just picking up you know a small little water feature um that they're just doing their own little corner and they want to make something a little bit different yeah because i saw you had like little cast iron herb markers on your on your site there cute little things and like as i said the list of garden products anything from fire pits to uh, belfast sinks to granite troughs uh, cast iron pumps bird bats uh, all sorts of ornaments uh, gazebos decorative hanging baskets whiskey barrels you know it's a, it's a long list and then i suppose everything else potentially in the eyes of you know somebody creative uh, anything can be used um if we were to talk about your best sellers in terms of gardening what are they? Um, say one to five. What's what's the best sellers? I guess the whiskey barrels have to be up there anyway. Yeah, whiskey barrels would definitely be there. Um, the garden furniture, like garden benches and kind of patio sets as a whole, I guess put them nearly together just as a, as a seating or a garden furniture are very popular. Um, both both like we do kind of the metal sets, which are kind of your fold up sets that you can put away during the winter reproduction item. But the cast iron would definitely be what people are coming to our kind of business for, because, you know, it's just that more oldie worldy feel to them. And they know they're going to have them for 50 years and not really yeah. have to worry about them. Um, 
fire pits have been really, really popular now the last few years. And funnily, not just necessarily as fire pits, we're, we're quite lucky that we have some very large ones. And I actually only got one a photo from a customer the other day and they turned it into a big water feature. They were never going to use it as the fire pit. Yeah, like it's a it's a big fire pit. It's it's kind of 120 centimeter diameter across the top. So like it's it's big. And um, they, yeah, they they sunk it down into the ground a bit and they planted some shrubbery around it and they turned it into an absolutely beautiful water feature. And, yes. um, so so you don't always know what people are going to use with, you know, look, a bench is a bench. There's nothing you can really <laughs> do with it. But like, you know, if there's something like, you know, an old famine pot or something that comes in, you know, people will find different uses for these items all the time. And, um, and then look, obviously things like, you know, paving and the your your building materials we do a lot of we do a lot of salvaged brick and that would be something that's really popular for people using in the garden because they don't you know a new brick has look a new brick is a new brick you just yeah it doesn't matter who you are how experienced you are you know that's literally made a couple of weeks ago um whereas a salvaged brick just has that character so we typically will stock anywhere between 50 and 100,000 salvaged bricks in stock at any point in time um and again, we're not kind of the business that, you know, a big heavy building materials business that are like, no, you have to buy a, ba- a pallet of them. And that's four or 500 bricks at a time. And people are like, well, look, I don't, I don't need that many. I'm just doing a nice little bit of curbing out in the garden. I just want, or I'm going around the greenhouse and I just want to add a little bit of something different to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I only need 50 or 100, you know, we're in that business that people can come in and do that. Um, but yeah, salvage bricks has been very, very popular for it. Look, it always has been, um, but definitely in the last uh, last couple of years, we've seen a lot of people doing it. And people taking on projects themselves as well, John, I think, you know, having a little bit more, you know, know-how that if I go on YouTube, I can actually look at how <laughs> to build a build yeah. a little wall, you know, yeah. or make a little feature out of it or do a herringbone pattern myself if I'm going to do a little bit of paving. You know, as I said, maybe it's the steps up to where the greenhouse is or there's a little patio area that you're setting up that's separate. You know, people are taking on those jobs themselves. And um, yeah, so a lot of that type of stuff happening. Yeah, for sure. I go back for a second onto your fire pits. Your fire pits actually, uh, uh, how would I put this? Uh Fire pits in general. So I there's a lot of really poor ones out there yeah. uh, that that you buy and they they don't function correctly. And as a fire pit, number one, uh, they might look good the day you take them out, but very quickly they fall to bits. Yeah, uh, and especially when you add heat into the mix, they they do not last. Uh, so I I always look at a lot of what's out there, and they kind of annoy me. Going back to the conversation of you're spending X amount of money. For an item that has traveled halfway around the world that literally will not last you any more than a season if it's used yeah. in, in its proper way. The ones that you do are a are a heavy steel construction. They're that rustic look. Yeah. And not not the Love Island type look that you see. No, no. Uh, they're, they're a heavy rustic one. And they're ones that I I, I guess are gonna last for a long time. They're the proper, proper fire pits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, they are. And like to give the example like some of like the biggest one that one i mentioned earlier like it's a two-man lift um now it's not a heavy lift for two people but it's just the size of it the weight of it the quality of it yeah like look that that's how we focus on our business it's very much all about look we're just not interested in doing cheap and cheerful and falls apart on you in six months yeah. time and you kind of go well look you bought it in the local supermarket that's that's it it cost you 50 quid what what do you expect mm-hmm. that that's not the way we operate um now that doesn't necessarily mean you're paying 10 times the price to get something that's going to last you for 10 years but you're going to pay a little bit more but as you said it's it's going to last you're going to get 
your value out of it yeah. um, and you're not going to have to worry about it. And, you know, even if you don't need it, need for it anymore, you know, you can, you, you are confident enough that you can pass it on to somebody else. You know, the kids might have their first house and you want to give them some, you know, and you don't need that fire pit anymore. That will stay with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, definitely on, on items like that, that are going to be exposed and worked and heavily worked, you know, you, you need to get the quality. Um, and, and that takes a lot of work on our side to find suppliers and sources who can, supply those type of items because look we've gone through the items where just the quality is not as good but we we call it very quickly if something we feel is not right um we don't do it and more often than not we're testing them out ourselves beforehand anyway yeah we don't just buy we don't just buy in you know 100 fire pits and start just flogging them out and then start getting bad feedback we'll get one or two in we'll test them ourselves in our own homes or wherever it is or in the yard but not necessarily just a fire pit using that across all examples if it's going to be an item that we think we want to sell a lot of um but are checking out the quality and we'll we'll make sure we do that because we're we're reliant on i think people when they think of salvage yards they do think you know sometimes they can be skeptical they might think oh back to that point about the guys kicking scrap around they can be skeptical (laughs) or they can go the complete opposite way and go no i'm going somewhere that you know, I'm, I'm going to be getting something that's quality here. Um, yeah. And that's that's really important to us. But um, yeah, no, so the fire pits is definitely one that you would have, and as you've said, advise someone spend an extra 30, 40, 50, or even 100 euros on yeah. it, but don't have to think about it again. And yeah, yeah. especially if you're making a feature out of it in your garden, you know, you're, if you're going to be building other things around it, maybe, and that's your focal point, which it usually is in a garden, um, do it right once and you, yeah. you won't have to think about it again. Yeah, for sure. Good advice. I, I'm conscious that I asked what's the kind of top five selling, and I think we got to two, and then we got yeah. sidetracked. So yes. you, me- you mentioned whiskey barrels. Uh, yes, yeah, so you'd have the, the whiskey barrels kind of then, as I said, your kind of your benches and um, patio sets. Let's put that together as kind of seating. Um, they'd obviously be very popular. Fire pits have been really big. Um, the last kind of three or four months in particular, the garden pumps have really, really been flying out um and uh that's they've, they've they're always a steady seller but whatever it is at the moment a lot of right. interestingly enough actually the majority of them been bought have been uh kids buying them for their parents as presents um so it's dad's 60th birthday or it's a wedding anniversary it's something like that and they're just it's i don't know why but it really for the last yeah. couple of months nearly every phone call i get on someone trying to get a pump um it's it's they're not buying it for themselves because more often than not we can, we have them in a couple of different colors and a couple of sizes and i kind of say to people well which color do you want or whatever and they kind of go the reason i learn it as a present is they're like oh god what would dad like or what would mom like <laughs> you know and and then you're into that conversation and then we'll guide them through that and what's kind of most popular and um you know and that's and, and again we don't take the the hard heavy sales line and push the thing that's most yeah. expensive to people we really will ask the questions about like how big is the garden you know there's different size pumps here and um, there is bigger thicker ones or the smaller more delicate ones that will give you that look and you don't want it as overbearing in a garden because there's you'll know better than i do there's nothing worse than someone putting something in their garden and it just does not look right it's, yeah, yeah it's meant to be in a garden that's three times the size of what you have you know so so pick and choose correctly but um yeah so the pumps and then as i kind of i mentioned yeah the kind of salvaged brick or things like cobble or something like that kind of on the building materials has been definitely something over the last 12 months that's been really uh really popular i think that's five. Yeah, brilliant yeah that's our five yeah uh, class um the, the list is long and as i say gardeners looking at it would uh their eyes would be watering looking at it because there's opportunities yeah, even the even the aerial shot that you have of the of your yard yeah you can spot so many things in it and you as i say you'd be you'd be placing them in your head while you're looking at it um 
nothing to do with gardening, but the most unusual item you've ever got in or something that you weren't expecting to find or uh, you know something that was maybe in a in a container that shouldn't have been there or whatever. Anything really interesting over the years? Yeah, there's it's it, it's funny when we, when we talk about that type of thing, we we would all have different things that might stand out to each of us and kind of go, I'd be excited about a certain item, and Connor or Paul might be like, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, that's that's <laughs> grand, you know. So it is funny. We all have our own kind of little niches and different things we like, but um, you know, some of uh, in terms of kind of the things that are the feature that someone walks into the warehouse or into the yard and you get the, oh my God, I did not expect to see that or the wow factor for people, you know, like we've had full size confession boxes come into stock, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and that's, that's something that when people walk into, like we have a big warehouse, it's three, 4,000 square feet. When they walk in, you know, they expect to see, you know, some pub signs and furniture yeah. and, you know, maybe some taxidermy and things like that. And then they swing a right and then they see this confession box sitting up. What, what do you do with a confession box? Well, it, it's funny, like that one ended up being sold off to, we've had a couple of them, but uh, this one in particular, the most recent one went off to a film company. Um, so they've right. bought that, and that that'll be used on, on set somewhere, for, yeah. for, 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 and that'll, that'll be recycled and continuously used because most of the film companies have their own networks as well of buyers yeah. and, they will know that, oh, so-and-so just had that confession box for a set and they'll move it on to another set and it'll, it'll keep going. So, um, and at the end of the day, something like that, the quality of the timber that goes into anything in particular from the, the religious orders is as good as it gets. Like that was the, the best pitch pine you will ever see in your life. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's kind of one of the, the random ones that gets a bit of a laugh. Um, but it, then also like we, we just recently had a, a life-size uh, horse made out of buffalo bone. You know, again, a complete random piece that just came from a private collector. Um, they were moving off and didn't have the space for it anymore. They, you know, they'd had it for years and we got it. And but then it, it could all be all the way to John to to anything, anything. It could be a little dinky little clock that comes in. Could just be something that we do a little bit of research on and you, you get a bit of history on it, you know. Right. Um Paul actually Paul does a lot of our kind of would do a lot of the work on kind of researching the items when they come in and trying to get an idea if we can get more background on things. Um and only a week or two ago he, he was literally clearing through boxes and there was kind of a glass jar with a note inside it. Um, now he hasn't actually opened it yet because he ended up getting distracted wherever else and we were only talking about it saying god did you did you take out the note to see what what's in it and he said he completely had forgotten about it it's just we got busy and it's on the to-do list you know so that could be anything who knows what's going to be written on that it could have been written a couple of weeks ago or it could be something that's sitting there for for years and years and was just wow. buried at the bottom of a box so that's that's the world we're in that you just you never know what's coming in and um keeps us on our toes as well because uh, we have to be learning as well you know that's that's something myself my two brothers about to it's a steep learning curve given we came from other industries yes we grew up with our parents owning an architectural salvage yard you worked the summers and you did your your hard yards that way but you know the experience that dad has and the eye for items and the knowledge that's just there and you kind of go how, how did you know that that's what that is or how did you know that that's roughly where the value is of that item yeah. or the history of it and he goes like anyone who's doing something for 25 years yeah, I, you, I, I just know you know yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you know and that's frustrating when you're learning it but at the end of the day that's the only way you get there is when we're having that conversation in 20 years we'll be like i just know yeah uh, two two questions spring to mind again going away from garden a little bit um and i suppose this is more a question for your dad but since he started the business, have you seen the type of item change? So obviously, architectural salvage is typically from an era that is 
X amount of years behind where you are today. Uh, have you seen that change? It, it probably hasn't changed since you guys got involved, but he, w- he would certainly have seen a change over the years, has he, in terms of what's coming in? Yeah, I, I think it's probably, it's not necessarily the change of the item, it's more the, the breadth of items that are coming in. Okay. Um, and, and maybe the the knowledge and understanding of people themselves who are selling the items realise they actually have something. Um, and that doesn't necessarily, every, look, everyone has the the only fools and horses Dell boy moment when they think what they have is worth the, the millions and millions of euros. And unfortunately, more often than not, it's it, it's not. Um, sometimes it is, and maybe they, they'll get lucky. And everyone, we, look, we, we, we dream about that. And we're in the business. You're always waiting for that moment. Um, but it's the breadth of items. And I think the understanding of the people out in the market of what actually has a value versus actually, oh, just move it on, get rid of it, dump it, you know, whatever it is, it's just in the way. Um, and that, technically now is bringing more items into the architectural salvage world because they're getting an opportunity to be sold, resold, bought and, and dealt with. Um, whereas like if you, even, even if I look back, at it's funny, I look back at photos of the yard back 20 years ago um, and it was in terms of size, you know, it's still a very big business, but at the same time, it was a much narrower range of items. It was probably a lot more heavily building materials um, because obviously look we were going through a, a boom and then a bust as well through the through the 2000s and everything that was happening in terms of building so there was a huge amount of you know old slates coming down off the of roofs and buildings getting redone so there was a lot of a lot of activity with that mm-hmm. and you know window sills and old troughs and limestone steps and all that type of stuff coming out of buildings there was so much renovation um but now you've, you we, we do from our perspective a lot more you, you see it on the kind of the commercial side now as well which gives the opportunity to get bigger feature items as well. You know, there could be an old train station that is getting renovated and, you know, the old cast iron kind of railings are coming out. Sorry, it could be anything like that. So I, I would say, I'd say it's the breadth is probably what I would, he would, I think that's what he would say. I'll ask him when I'd say that's what, uh, <laughs> or pop down to the yard, you know, I'll have an answer for you next time you're down. But I, th- I think that's how he would explain it. Yeah, it, it really sounds like, uh, one of the most interesting jobs that you could have. Um, I kind of get that from you that you, you well, obviously when the three of you have come back, it must be, there must be a draw there, but you, you sound as it, as if it's ex- an exciting job uh, and definitely always changing and interesting. So I think it, it, it sounds like a great job to have. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's fun. And like, it's, as I said, it's the point of not knowing what's kind of coming in, but look, there's obviously the drawbacks and it. I, I went from, you know, I was a stockbroker for 10 years. That's it's a high intensity job and you work hard and um, but there's security in that you have an employer who's paying your wages every month, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and at the end of the day, we all took that plunge to come home and run the business. And you have to you have to work hard for it because at the end of the day, you have to pay your employees first, you have to cover all your bills. And every anyone who runs their own business now knows how hard that's been for the last two years basically um in terms of dealing with electricity and insurance and all of those type of things and then hopefully have something left over to pay yourselves but we're very lucky that we enjoy doing what we do in order to do that if that makes sense a lot of dudes yeah yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things that we we have a lot of fun with it but then between myself paul and connor we all have kind of different skill sets that we're trying to bring to the table as well and you know as i mentioned like i do a lot of our online stuff paul will do a lot of our research connor will spend a lot of time dealing with some of our kind of more commercial clients kind of you know in your field, actually, a lot of the the landscapers, guys who are yeah. professionals, who are have clients who are looking for certain things, and 
they know they can call us up and kind of go, guys, I'm looking for, you know, a large famine pot. That's what the customer wants, something of size. They want to yeah. garden. We have a real, do you have any? And we're like, well, no, none at the moment, but give us a week and we can make some phone calls and maybe we can source it. And if we can't, we can't. But at the end of the day, we are the ones who have the eyeballs on a lot of different things. Yeah. So we, we, we all kind of, we do every job together you know if the floor needs to be swept it's whoever's nearest the brush sweeps the floor it's not a case of well i'm busy doing you know social media today you go sweep the floor it's just sweep the floor but we all bring our own skill sets to the table and that's that's what's making it a bit more dynamic i think as well for people Um, and customers have kind of mentioned that as well it's kind of like you know they get you know different chats with each of us and kind of different perspectives and everything which is you know, we're very lucky that there's five owners within a business, you know, including our, our two parents. You know, most businesses in our world, it's it's one guy who's been doing it a long time and, you know, his employees running around, been busy, but he's the he's the focal point or the anchor for anyone they need to talk to, whereas they come down yes. to us and they kind of get that. Look, I think we come across as passionate about what we do, and hopefully, hopefully, it does sound like that. But it's 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 honest. It's it is what it, we really do enjoy what we do. Obviously, yeah. there's days where you wake up and you're going, "Oh, I'm yeah. doing the day off today." But you kind of get in, and you any, everyone has that. It doesn't matter what job you have. Oh, yeah. But it's uh, when you get in, you get going, and there, there's a real buzz to it. Yeah, it sounds like a real vibrancy about it. And as you said, it's not something you always see with with architectural salvage. A, a vi- so yeah it is great um i think the concept of architectural salvage for anyone with a creative eye is brilliant it's keeping something in the system um tell people you're not hard to find except when you're hiding in dublin or galway or Kilkenny. <laughs> but um, tell people where they can find you online and your website and so on yeah so our website is uh eurosalve.com um, and then that's that kind of we update the website kind of every week with new items that are coming in. But sometimes it can just be busy and we don't get time to put stuff up. But social media is definitely the best way to follow us. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on TikTok now as well, obviously, as you have to be. Um, and that gets updated every single day, usually multiple times a day. We're kind of aiming to put up two or three or four items a day. Um, which takes a bit of work from our perspective, but it's great. And um, yeah, social media is definitely the easiest way. We have a very good newsletter as well that people can sign up to on the website. Kind of an email goes out once or twice a week with new items that have come in. But then look, at the end of the day, for all the the airs and graces of what we bring with going online and social media, you you can't beat walking around a salvage yard. You just jump in the car, wherever you are, come down. And um, we're literally only two or three minutes outside the city centre, but you wouldn't think it when you get to the yard. You know, we've, you know, nearly 10 acres of space there. We're on the River Nore that kind of goes along one side of us and then we're completely surrounded by trees. A customer was only down yesterday and it was actually, they were down first thing in the morning and they just, because it was quiet, they were the first car in. No, We didn't have the teleporter or forklifts going or anything. And they said they couldn't believe how, the noise of the birds just how at kind of at nature you really were just yes. walking around because it is very like the site has been there hundreds of years you know and so it's it's very well grown and established so um yeah jump in the car and come down and have a walk around the yard and we're open monday to saturday we get one day off we closed on sundays we'd probably be very busy on a sunday but at the end of the day we have to have one day off yeah, and um yeah just pop down and have a walk around and and we're very much the place as well where you know we're not hounding you kind of going what are you looking for what are you after this or that it's like just come down 
have a bit of fun walking around. 99% of the time, if you come down looking for a fire pit, you'll leave with a pump instead. You know, it's people leave with the complete opposite usually of what they're they're looking for because they, they didn't expect to see what they what they see when they walk around. So that's that's um, what I was gonna say when you were saying about uh, come down and come down and visit. I'd imagine it's very like the person that runs in for a, a slice pan or a bag of carrots and to come out with a a full trolley of stuff from the center aisle or yeah exactly <laughs> and look look we, we we rely on that as well that's how but that's that's as i said there's, there's a price point for everybody there but we're never going to be the ones pushing people and we're trying to get that perception out to people don't don't feel that you're going into an antique stop an antique shop where you think you have to buy something and be dressed nicely and walk in and look like you're you know the type yeah. of person that should be in this store where the complete opposite just come down enjoy it and um, if you see something you like happy days we can deliver all over the country as well and um, yeah just just have fun with it brilliant uh, it's been a really really interesting uh, chat I yeah uh, looking at it beforehand I, I didn't quite know where we'd 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 go with the conversation um, but it has been really interesting as I say following you online and, and looking at what you guys do and and uh, and the items that you sell it's definitely in a really, really interesting business for for gardeners and landscapers and all that sort of thing. So, um, but the chat itself has been really interesting. It's great to hear the story. Great to hear the and, and feel the enthusiasm from from you in relation to your business. So, Harry, thank you very, very much for coming on Master My Garden Podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks for having us. Uh, so that's been this week's episode. A really, really interesting chat. Enjoyed that. Uh, as I say, when you look at the website even and look at what they have online, you will you will start placing items in your head straight away from the whiskey barrels to the Belfast sinks and the granite the granite troughs and all of that. You'll you'll be you'll be picking jobs for the items that you see, uh, and really worth really worth following. So yeah, enjoyed that. It does fall back and, and tie back to that episode we had a couple of weeks ago in, in relation to you know keeping items in the system and trying to get longevity over items and I suppose moving away a little bit from that throwaway that throwaway uh, mentality that you know a lot of us have as consumers. We 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 need to move away from that and keep 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 items for a longer period of time. Uh, items that can be transferred and you know given to somebody or sold in, in this case to, to people it's it it's a really important really important message i think and um, so that's been this week's episode thanks for listening and until the next time happy gardening